whenever you start anything and especially like if it's your if it's a book of life and the way you want to call it there's gratitude you have to start with gratitude first gratitude teaches you empathy and empathy teaches you gratitude and if you're not thankful for what you have you're not appreciative of what you have this is rami saridin and welcome to chapters of my life podcast i want you to imagine your past life right where should i start imagine you need to write your life story in form of a book already it's a challenge itself frankly and not everyone has thought of this right as we always think when we get older we should write about our life story but in fact we have so many experience ready to share to others achievements failures to learn from positive and negative life transitions which in the end lead to the person we are today so this chapter of my life podcast is an inspiring collection of all these life transitions packed into a podcast audiobook format and we capture this willpower and beliefs of people drawing important life-changing decisions so we interview innovators athletes entrepreneurs and idealists change makers who give an insight into their past life from young age till today We're covering topics all around entrepreneurship, sport, mindfulness, tra travel, nutrition, spirituality, yoga, meditation, and so on. Everything which leads to the person they are today. This is interviewed by me, Daniel Ludwig, and here we go. So, I met Rami. He is software evangelist at Microsoft. And he described himself as a guy wearing suits and glasses together with running gear. And that's pretty much summarize everything. I met Rami over a year ago. One part which connects us is running and entrepreneurship. For him, important in private and professional life is to start with gratitude. Being thankful to life in a safe environment, be able to run and to have a gorgeous family. And this summarizes Rami, a guy sending full of energy and passion whenever I met him for a run or even when we talk about entrepreneurship. He chooses in his Chapters of My Life podcast the title Pursuit of Balance together with three chapters. Chapter one called Pre-Evolution, where he describes his childhood and teenage age in Lebanon, where he grew up. He, he recalls himself as a child who had lots of imagination, growing up in a country currently recovering from war in the 90s. He learned by doing. Evolution called Chapter two where he met his mentor in his early 20s. A mentor who not just helped him to learn the skill of researching and questioning every answer again and again every day, he first got more and more involved in software programming too. Chapter 3 called Reflection and is all about starting his career at Microsoft, getting married, raising a beautiful baby boy. But this chapter is also about parenthood and what it means to raise kids in a stressless environment to prepare them mentally with a positive life view for the challenges in life. I have to say, this podcast is also co-produced by sweet little Kyle, Rami's baby boy. As you can hear, especially in the last 20 minutes, around last 20 minutes, Kyle joined our podcast, complimenting with some nice background music and noises. But hey, why should we cut it out? And this is life, and it can't be more natural. 
Life is artificial enough to make every part of our life perfect. So we tried in the editing process to minimize the noise, but not to cut it out. I hope you still understand Ramis and my voice during the podcast with Kyle's background music. So let's kickstart the chapters of my life podcast book called Pursuit of Balance with Rami. Here we go. Enjoy. So here we are. Thanks, Rami, for taking the time. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, actually, it's, uh, it's a bit overwhelming because uh, the, the topics are, uh, are wide and then uh, the chapters have to be specific and uh, <laughs> thinking about it overnight when you asked me, I was like, uh, should I go or should I not? Uh, what was my life about? I just exactly. to remember like, it, actually. And then when you ping, you're like, uh, what does he really want exactly? So, uh, uh, no, but nevertheless, thanks for at least, uh, you know, considering me. I'm, uh, I know that we had a very uh, informal chat uh, that spurred this into your minds. Like, Oof, this is someone that I can have a nice conversation with yeah and uh, <laughs> i'm glad i'm in that category of people of course i mean i know you for a while there now there are some people you want to have a small talk with and then there are some people you want to have uh, a real conversation with and apparently i'm in that category so thanks <laughs> <laughs> i have two categories yeah deep conversations are actually very important i have to say congratulations to your yesterday yesterday run uh, you know i mentioned in the intro what you're currently doing but okay. uh, you're also an athlete you know, a runner as well. Yeah, yeah. So your personal best in 5K around two, 20 minutes. 20 minutes, uh, 52 seconds. And that's for everyone who's listening, that's in Dubai. And 33 uh, degrees here. And 33 in the evening. Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, I keep thinking to myself like, Oof, that was an effort. <laughs> uh, even I was telling you before we started of the record is that uh, it was, uh, took its toll on my body that even in the evening I struggled to sleep because the adrenaline was high even till late night in the evening my heart rate was a bit high because uh, I felt that my body was really exerted in that effort but uh, it was nice it was rewarding I felt that if a person is best in this heat I can end the season now and at least in summer now maybe I can switch to swimming <laughs> <laughs> something a bit cooler uh, yeah but I love running it's, uh, Excellent. it's one of my favorite things perfect so I got to start with something very unique and you know the very first time actually I heard about you and your wife Elisa was related to the Beirut Marathon. Yes, the running is the beginning apparently. The, the running exactly <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I want to start with something which I came across the other day, um, something which your wife is telling about you. So you're looking at me right now. What is my wife talking about? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, Elisa, your wife, she said once, you know you are in marathon mode when you are more prepared for your marathon than your wedding. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember that fa uh, yeah, phrase? Yeah, it takes me back in time uh, to 2014. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Because my wife was preparing for a marathon and preparing for a wedding at the same time. And I don't know which had more priority on that list, <laughs> to be honest. But here we are now, we're married and with the kids, so I think we made it. Uh, but yeah, she's the committed and devoted type, especially to running. 
and uh, it's a funny story <laughs> to go to a, to a wedding and at the same time be prepared for that. We were even thinking like, oh, can we do a long run in Cyprus because we were getting married in Cyprus. Uh, maybe the second day like it's not the it's not the best thing that people would want to do the, the day they get married is to go for a long run uh, <laughs> good thing we didn't <laughs> <laughs> the first the first uh, first time i met elisa was 2014 at the Beirut marathon mm. and then two years later a friend of mine she shared with me that blog post from Beirut marathon yeah uh, um, but they talked about you and elisa you know, and actually that you are quite unique couple mm. um, who were running to the wedding. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's actually quite unique, right? <laughs> Two yes, runners meeting exactly. um, and running to the wedding. So yeah. who came up with that idea? Uh, surely Elisa. You were late. She's exactly like running for the wedding. Yeah, there's a wedding, so I came running. Uh, uh, Elisa is the creative part. Uh, uh, in the relationship so yeah she came up with that um, uh, if you want uh, part of the of the wedding is that let's run to, to the venue um, uh, it was a, it was a funny exercise and uh, the guy who was shooting the video he managed to capture it in, in a spontaneous way because it just was the spur of the moment because we were in a buggy yeah. being <laughs> driven to a, to a wedding like everyone would be and then Elisa said no why don't we run I'm like okay <laughs> take spontaneous. off your heels <laughs> and then start running <laughs> yeah so everyone was sweaty at, at the wedding then kind of almost yeah. almost <laughs> <laughs> now I really love that when I saw the first that you know blog post that's authentic you know that's so authentic I mean like you know like two runners I mean um, you met at the uh, you were running together at the Beirut Marathon yeah. running club called Be uh, Beirut 542. Beirut uh, f uh, Five. 542. 542. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, well, I've, I've met Elisar uh, uh, before that, actually. And uh, Elisar was the first one to do the marathon. So the, it was the first edition or the second edition of 542, which is a program in Beirut to... Um, to have first-time runners get prepared for the for the marathon that's why it's called 542 so five teams for the 42 kilometers distance yeah uh, and she was the first uh, to do it between Beirut and Dubai and uh, I, first time I just went to cheer <laughs> and this the year after uh, she managed to get me in yeah. I was not thinking about it it was my uh, birthday gift actually but were you a runner at that time or yes, were you yeah, like into yeah. running or? yeah I started running in 2012 okay uh, actually a friend of mine who was a colleague and a, a housemate <laughs> and uh, he was more than a friend actually and he started running it became contagious so um I started running and Isar was not into running back then so we ran the first 10k and then a year after she went into running and then she loved it and uh, she's uh, more devoted as I told you I'm, I'm someone who like I love running but 
I sometimes create excuses for myself. <laughs> She's like, okay, I can skip this running. Uh, so it's the type who gets committed. Like I'm running, I'm fully committed. Okay, prepare all my day around my commitments. Yeah, so she managed to make the debut in the runner uh, yeah. community, if you want. And then I followed. And uh, plus, I was here in Dubai. And even when I joined that 542 community, I joined remotely. <laughs> so they, everyone was training in Beirut uh, with the team. I was running, running here yeah. by myself <laughs> on WhatsApp. <laughs> I have a very little, uh, vivid um, WhatsApp group. You know, it's yeah. up to date with all the information. Yeah, yeah, you can exactly. actually train remotely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for everyone who is like, you know, wondering who is that kind of voice in the background, that's Kyle. Yeah. Your little, uh, your little boy. Yes, um, our little monkey. Little monkey. Mm -hmm. Currently monkeying around. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe he's joining us later for the podcast. <laughs> um, Rami. You know, when I did, um, I know you for like a little bit more than a year, one and a half year. Uh, um, met you here in in, uh, in, in Dubai, Dubai, and you know, from my research, I've thought like, you know, I know you as an athlete. I know you as a runner. You're running uh, from time to time as well, and but I also know you are working at Microsoft. You know, mm. with your interest in entrepreneurship, and yeah. that's also what our you know mutual interest is as yeah, well. Exactly. But I'm working with in entrepreneurship field and you as well at Microsoft. And so like, you know, when it, when we talk about that book, when we're talking about like putting your life story into a book or your past work, work experience, I was wondering. What, what part is more dominant? Is it more like the athlete? Is it more like the sporty part? Mm -hmm. Or is it more like the entrepreneurship, this innovation, this something creating something new uh, part, technology part? Where do you see yourself a little bit more in, in which part? Well, I see myself in all these parts at the same time. And actually, you reminded me of something that, uh, that I used to preach about if you want back in the days uh, maybe five six years ago it was part of the dominant conversations that I had when people asked me about uh, priorities in life and I always told them that uh, I, f I feel that the, my life is like a four-legged chair and each each leg of the chair needs to be there to maintain the balance so one one leg was was work right and then the other leg was relationships you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you want to call it love and it's like your second half uh, and then the third one uh, was sports and uh, and health mm -hmm. uh, to be in that and then uh, the fourth one was community family friends and the rest and i think To have a balanced life, uh, those four need to be together. Otherwise, the leg will be swinging. And I think, I think each each leg, I suppose the other. So I don't see myself making more focus on one part than the other. Otherwise, the the chair the chair will not be balanced. Balanced, exactly. But yeah. uh, without work, I will not be able to do the other things. Uh, you know, and without the other things, I will not be able to have this type of. Uh, you know, exciting work, right? So you go to work excited. You want to uh, to do the next best thing. And yes, entrepreneurship was a major highlight. Even when I'm working now in, in a corporate, in the first four years, I was mainly working with startups and entrepreneurs. But before actually joining Microsoft, I spent like seven years in that entrepreneurial world. Uh, I, I worked with 
couple of startups uh, I worked. My first job was was with a startup, and then um, my my third job was a startup from the beginning. It was a healthcare startup that last that basically took two years in the making. Uh, so I was always around that uh, field, and even when I was working fully employed in, in an organization or a corporate or any size, I was actually having my, my entrepreneur side always running. Mm-hmm. So uh, after work hours, I used to do some freelancing. or The typical side hustle. Huh? Know, the typical side hustle. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hustle, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I had my own gig. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I uh, I used to create websites, build, develop websites. I love that, and I used to do that in coffee shops and 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 pubs. And sometimes, for example, someone would ask me, like, uh, "We, I know, I'm thinking if we can develop a website." And I was like, "Okay, buy me a beer, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll go develop the website." So I'll go to a pub, have a beer, just sit with them. What do you want? And try to to develop that. Nice. And then there's the, uh, the the book writing. So I managed to write two books, and I think that's entrepreneurial as well because I already had a full time job, and I uh, took some time outside of my working hours. So I used to finish, let's say, my work at around six. I'd go for a run, mm-hmm. come back, have a meal, and then work in the evening for on the book, and then the weekends on the book. Very so that was after. Yeah, <laughs> very relaxed. <laughs> yeah, when everyone is closing <laughs> off in bars and pubs, I'm like on two screens trying to yeah. write a book. So I think uh, even when I was not an entrepreneur, I had my entrepreneurial side always trying to push back in. Yeah, uh, you know. You just mentioned you you wrote the two two books. You know, one is yes. a, a JavaScript called, uh, called JavaScript Promises, Promises. Essentials. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the second one is the Developing Windows. Apps with HTML5 and JavaScript. Exactly, you know my heart. Because <laughs> yes. I argued a lot on the first title. Like, that's a lengthy title, but uh, the publisher wanted it. So it's okay. <laughs> and I saw, like, when I looked online, I was like, oh, these are the titles? You know, I'm, I'm into technology. I'm into, like, you know, website developing, yeah. but not into programming at all. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, when I saw, like, JavaScript promises essential, I was like, it was like a flashback back from my university <laughs> where I had Java. <laughs> and I was surprisingly very good in this, mm-hmm. but I hated it. Because well, it's a language which I cannot relate to it. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm more like a visionary, kind yeah, of yeah, creative yeah. person, yeah, yeah. but not like a coder. Yeah. But even so, website itself is like a designing aspect. Uh, design has to be focused um, on the design aspect as well. True, yeah, of course. Um, you mentioned about this four legs of the chair. I just want to add something. Yeah. I love that picture. But, but one thing which I would add to is they're all interconnected, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you said, they're all interconnected. And yeah, that's they hold the, the chair, of yeah. it. Exactly. If that one part is missing, the other part, as you said, they are not balanced. Yes. They're interconnected. So you need to keep both in, in balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think most probably I'm going to use that picture in the future. I'm going to draw my own kind of chair. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm, glad. <laughs> I'm glad it resonated well. So, Rami, when I just talk about your book, you know, not the, the other two books. Um, the book uh, of life. The book of life. Yeah, yeah. so the book of life. Um, and I open the first chapter. I open the, you know, and I, I, I see the book in front of me. Okay. What do I see on it? Do I see someone like running on it? Or an athlete or an entrepreneur or see maybe, like JavaScript codes or... Maybe you'll, <laughs> maybe you'll see... Uh, 
someone with a suit and glasses running as not, uh, wearing uh, running shoes <laughs> would that a be suit and so you're combining both the suit, professional life? exactly and glasses and uh, wearing running shorts and of course uh, i'll keep my piercing so <laughs> so it can give it more than one flavor and then you'll have more than one uh, picture in a picture Just so that's bad. actually a good summary then um, it's actually you cannot live without the running but you can also not live without the professional the entrepreneurship yeah of it's kind of interconnected as you say like you yeah and i yeah, you know the, you reminded me of something as well uh, i sometimes try to um inspire from the, uh, the athletic part of life into the professional life so sometimes you you see tasks you view them uh, you view them as a marathon mm-hmm. it's long enduring the career for example career is a marathon you cannot think short term in a career you have to think long term and then there are some things that are sprints uh, it's like you need to run fast you need mm-hmm. to deliver you need to and uh, sports is the same and even as well you can quote from sports into uh, into work when for example an athlete cannot maintain the same level of energy all the time right he needs to dial down a bit unwind rest recover refresh and go back you know when you run now you have the garment whenever you run it gives you recovery time right exactly i had this today in the morning okay, like recovery perfect. time like 111 hours uh Uh, the heartbeat uh, ah, okay it's, yeah uh, so it gives you the heartbeat and then when yeah. you're done with the exercise it could give you recovery time you need like 24 hours 48 hours whatever so exactly. same thing in the professional life so you <laughs> and that's kyle <laughs> hi kyle yes daniel i Pop. think kyle is joining our podcast right now yeah he always <laughs> has something to say <laughs> lots of energy yeah And he's always <laughs> singing in, in his own language. <laughs> Need a transcoder for that. Yeah, I'm exactly. gonna put it in the show notes later. What he <laughs> said. <laughs> um, I totally agree. You see that so often that you know with sport when you connect sport with entrepreneurship, so many athletes. You know when you look into Ironmans, when you look into triathletes, they're all entrepreneurs or they're looking like into like building their own business. They have their own businesses, but they combine that the soft skills you learn from sport mm, are the soft skills you can adapt or you can uh, um, you have to use or you need when you build your own business. You know like getting up. You know even if you like fail, you're getting up again. But you need to learn, as you said, mm. to recover as well exactly. and learn how you can improve it mm. Very true. Um, the same also with long distance marathon as well um, you cannot just run in the beginning like crazy and mm. then you run out of energy mm. um, I learned the hard lesson here in Dubai when I started here as a running I like the humidity as well you need to learn to adjust to the environment mm. yeah exactly well. and yeah. that's actually something which is you need conditioning based on the environment that you are in you know not every environment you will be able to you know behave the same uh, yeah. you want to call it behavior yeah yeah you have to adjust to that so when i see that cover the suit um classes and running gear i'm just thinking about what what section in the in the library would i find that book is it in the sports section is it in the autobiography section Most science probably fiction. science fiction. No, it will be <laughs> unless you run, you're running uh, in a suit on a, on a spaceship. <laughs> yeah, science fiction is actually is, is a is a joke uh, when um, 
when that famous um, cyclist, what's his name, uh, Armstrong. So when when he had the scandal of uh, whatever he was doing. Uh, to so the France. Yeah, yeah, to the France yeah. and everything. So one guy in the library moved his books from uh, autobiography to science fiction <laughs> because he was a fraud. <laughs> Just that's why I remember the joke. Uh, no, if you want to, uh, and now on a serious note, if you want to put put that uh, book somewhere, maybe it can be in those um, uh, those types of books that are. Uh, around the waves of life, ways of life, yeah, way of life books. I don't know what they call it, lifestyle. No, not lifestyle. Um, um, uh, yeah, um, self help. <laughs> that's you what they find call. most of these books in self help. Uh, that's but annoying. this sounds always like Larry, like yes, you know, like, like uh, I'm curious, but uh, I don't know why they label me as self help because I read a lot of those type of books. It's <laughs> like okay. Um, so in this section, so self help is, is so you wanna. See, usually you see uh, the, um, the type of books you see in this section is they're talking about meditation, yoga, um, oh. concentration, focus. Exactly. Uh, finding your inner peace. Hmm. Is that something you want to like communicate for for the life stories or for the yeah, of course. We're going to talk yeah, about? yeah, yeah. Uh, and actually, it's one of the things that are top of mind usually for me. So, even the type of books that I read and the type of lifestyle that I try to lead. I try to lead the lifestyle. I don't like the lifestyle to lead me. And I always focus on on that aspect. Uh, I'm reading a book now called uh, Reclaim Your Mind. Mm-hmm. And it's around... Uh, and actually they all around, they revolve around having a, a mindful lifestyle. So a mindful approach where you, you control your mind rather than your mind being controlled by emotions. So, um, as well, trying to keep that balance, if you want. So, uh, I try to to make it more intentional, mm-hmm. not just uh, you know haphazard that of living day in day out, you go to work, come back. So I try to keep myself in that mindful approach. And some people achieve that through meditation and yoga. Some people achieve it in different ways. I don't do meditation. Maybe that's something I can do later on. Always intrigued, but maybe now it's not the time. I don't have the time for it. But so I try to uh, substitute that with with another uh, source mm-hmm. and reading mainly. Uh, sports helps, of course, and then trying to focus on those things that you can control. Uh, otherwise, your mind will be overwhelmed, especially that our minds are not geared now. You know, uh, I was reading something the other day, is that the cognitive revolution was so much faster than the, cogn- than the biological evolution. So, so our minds had to adapt with something that's so out of pace for us as humans mm-hmm. and it's overwhelming and you see it day to day people get stressed and and anxiety and so many other things it's just because humans were our genes are not geared to behave in this world and the world actually evolved much much faster <laughs> than our genes yes uh, so uh, you have to be aware of it, otherwise it will 
consume you. It's like exponential. You can see that over the last three years as well. You know, Oof, the stress exactly. life is even yeah. more kind of exponential. Yeah, yeah. It's going even worse. Yeah. You know, and every time humans actually create something that will ease their life, it actually adds more stress and burden to their lives. Let's say you're like, oh, with mobile phones, now you can get to be more productive. But yeah, now with mobile phones, you're working 24-7. Got <laughs> my point? Yeah, I had a um, couple of weeks ago, I had Briar Prakash uh, on the podcast. She, mm. is, um, she was a former Nokia um, designer mm. um, for a user interface, um, designed the S40 interface. Oh, nice. Uh, 60 and also for the BBC <coughs> player. And what she said, um, she felt guilty later on. You know, make it more addictive is one thing, but seeing the consequences is something which oh. you don't forecast, you know. Of course. And she's so down to earth and she, you know, she's so passionate about because design is something which, you know, moves people, which um, let people to think. True. and engage yeah. but if it makes you addictive then the consequences you don't see them immediately you see them later on and that's yeah. why she, she mentioned in the podcast while she feels a little bit you know in this environment it's a bit guilty you know what do you do is you always have to think about the consequences true um the same also i don't know if you know the singularity university um You know, the Singularity University? No, no, it's like, um, um, they talking, it's um, worldwide, they're talking about the negative Im impacts of exponential ideas. So let's say artificial intelligence, uh, virtual reality. You know, yeah. what are the impacts of this technology? <coughs> Not just looking into the um, unemployment rate and uh, social behaviors, but also other impacts. What does it make to your brain? social interactions, etc. What are these impacts? It's something that we never look into, especially when you look into entrepreneurship. What is the impact in a couple of years? That's especially that all of those things, as you mentioned uh, earlier, is, is exponential in terms, of, uh, uh, in terms of if you want evolution or adoption. But all of what has happened in the past two decades or so is just for one generation. Yeah, if sure. you want to think of it in terms of evolution, it's just one generation yeah. of humans, right? So the new generation is already born into it. But our generation, who has seen both the legacy part and the new part, it's yeah. in one generation. So um, it's weird, and yeah, you have to you have to think about it, and uh, thinking about it uh, requires you to take some actions in the way you live your life otherwise you'll be consumed by those things yeah so i want to open your book now yeah i want to ask you later what could be the title title all right be. yeah i'll be But thinking of that because this kind of depends on the chapters i guess uh, i want to know that later on so when i open the book now what would i see first in your book Because usually if it's, you have if it's the, a, the thank you note in the beginning. Yeah, the thank you or the pref of course you have the, yeah. that prefix and that prefix, uh, yeah. that prefix or acknowledgements if you want. It's always yeah. I always even in the two books uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I dedicated some you know uh, some parts in in the book uh, to to thank the people I know and uh, I that are dear and near if you want to call them that way. So always my wife was a prominent figure in and 
in the past six years that I've known her so she's always a big part now that circle of thank you keeps growing right so um, and I like to map thank you to gratitude I think that whenever you start anything and especially like if it's your if it's a book of life and the way you want to call it there's gratitude you have to start with gratitude first gratitude teaches you empathy and empathy teaches you gratitude and if you're not thankful for what you have you're not appreciative of what you have so I always like to start things with with a thank you uh, there are some things that I can thank myself for doing because you know I lead a big part of that and there are some things that are support you need to thank the people who are your support uh, mechanism so um, and then in, in the other part of that thank you is that feeling of gratitude to what you have you have a small family now that uh, that are always you know top priority for me and have other things I'm thankful I can run <laughs> you know we take that for granted take so many things for granted <laughs> I get my point still you're, you're running and even when you achieve let's say people who run a marathon just to uh, to highlight that because you've run marathons and, and you're you're in that category from the 7 billion we're 7 billion now or less 6 billion let's assume we're plus 6 billion okay, let's, <laughs> I, the last number I remember was 6 billion so the, from the yeah. 6 billion population how many would they run is it mm. 20% even less from that percentage of that 6 billion how many are able to uh, to run longer than 10k oh, and how many are, are able to run 42 and from that 42 how many are able to finish and finish in that time like you you drill down and you're like zero point something percent of that population and anyone who takes running a marathon for granted like he should think twice <laughs> you're doing a feat <laughs> get my point first you have the luxury of running some people don't even have the time or don't have the physical luxury to do that mm -hmm. so just uh, you know the things that you think of that are wow it's a lifestyle or really I cannot you have to be grateful you are a runner and you are able to run uh, so uh, so many things we take for granted and even yeah. it's just the running part itself uh, you know exactly. not even like you know you have two legs uh, two yeah. arms true true running itself you know even having living in a safe environment to be able to run right to be able to run that's yeah. a, having a location to so run you imagine, know? <laughs> imagine running in the favelas in, in Brazil or uh, <laughs> get exactly. my point in those yeah. communities yeah this is I think this is something which I mean I can I can tell you know you, when you say gratitude when you say thank you you think a lot about what you have mm, yeah, I can exactly. sense that and um, and I, I have the feeling that I can see that in in the chapters as well when I, I you know I did some research about that what other people actually tell me about you as well and since I know you for like over a year now um, you you appear to me to a very peaceful person a very peaceful. Um, uh, peaceful, thoughtful, and positive, very positive person too. Mm. And I can sense that as well. And that's actually something which is essential nowadays, you know? Yeah. Especially in an environment where it's very stressful and you completely forgetting yourself often exactly. as well. You just react and you know the act to Exactly. Yeah. To, to and if you react, you're in that, uh, you become easily. Uh, sucked into that negative space because everything around you is around 
stress <laughs> in a certain point. Like you, the career, the maintaining the lifestyle, uh, your family, if you have a family, if you're a, so, so many things. And if you don't lead a positive lifestyle, you can easily feel that, oh, wow, I'm overwhelmed. Sure. This is too much to uh, to carry. And then, because our minds are geared in that way, our minds are geared to protect us. And then, you, I I was reading something very nice. I don't know if it was articulated in that way or I formed uh, formulated in my head is that whenever you get that level of stress or anxiety, it's actually your mind being overprotective. Got my point? So your mind... It's a weapon instinct. Exactly. It's a Because the brain will work in a way that is going to protect you. And it's misfires. It's something called in evolution called misfiring. The event is misfiring. So the event is like, like when you have a false alarm. It's <laughs> <laughs> called mis- misfiring. Yeah. So that's a false alarm. Your brain gets you captivated in that state. And then, so I, I try to... Uh, I try to keep myself in that positive space just to to have that counterbalance or when things become overwhelming, at least, you know, I have a positive outlook. So that's something. And being thoughtful is, is as well uh, part of that mindset that I have is mm. trying to, to lead this, um, uh, you know, this mindful thinking, if you want, in terms that you, you control your thoughts in a way and uh, being peaceful is just be part of my nature that I've developed uh, over the years I think it matured yeah? I was more reckless maybe when I was in my 20s for sure but now I try to be in that space where like okay if you're not at peace and you're able to digest all the information at hand you're impulsive and when you're impulsive I think you're always a loser in any situation if you're mm-hmm. impulsive because first you, you you surrender to to the instinct and you don't manage to capture all parameters that can give you the right reasoning and if, if you want to reason and reasoning means that you take all inputs and if you're not peaceful and uh, taking those inputs you're biased and actually well like in retrospect now i think that it's what i dislike I, I don't want to be in a position and you can't always help it you will always you will feel it day to day but I try to be conscious about it and capture it but uh, I feel that when you lose yourself to bias it's, uh, uh, it reflects in your attitude it reflects to you in your actions and you don't make a sound judgment when you're biased and uh, if you don't want to be biased then you have to be peaceful why so that you can take all inputs and try to hear more than one side of the story mm. and in order to achieve that you need to be calm uh, you know and uh, peaceful as you named it and yeah. uh, that will drive you in, in, a, in a better way uh, I think because if you get heated agitated then uh, you don't get the chance to hear the other side and uh, the other side will not hear you properly and you you tend to, it's like a, uh, a losing game for both mm-hmm. parties. Yeah, uh, we'll always lose in that case as well. Yeah. Um, so let me jump directly into the first chapter. Yeah, yeah, sure. What will it be about? So uh, maybe uh, maybe up the upbringing part. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because uh, 
So it's like it, it leads to where you are now, right? So you, you can't always view your present state as yes. uh, a state of uh, of the now. It's just uh, uh, an accumulation of the past states that have led you to, to here. Yeah. So, yeah, I can look at that from a historical point of view and then call it the journey. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it could be nice. I had uh, Briar Prakash, who I had on an interview, yeah. she, uh, she said, you know, she's the person who is... You know, she's that type of person who is reading newspapers, books from the back to the front page, no <laughs> like way. newspapers. And then she had actually this kind of, you know, she actually, turned the podcast from the from the present to the past. Oh, okay. And that was interesting. You know, usually yeah. when we talk about our life, we talk about, you know, we were born, childhood. But actually from the present to the past is an interesting format. Yeah, of course. But how that looked like, I don't know. So I always keep it open, you know, what could be the first chapter? Is it like, you know, from the past, which is relatively easy, you know, that you're connecting the dots yeah. or you're connecting the dots backwards. backwards. Nice. So I like, where would you I start? I like that thinking. Where would and actually... Uh, <laughs> you are that type of person who is reading a newspaper from there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted, yeah, so that's why when you mentioned it, I, I laughed because <laughs> I, I always joked with my friends and uh, that I read papers from the back. How come? I don't know why. I swear. And I'll tell you something. <laughs> when I was uh, when I was a kid, my dad worked in a news uh, newspaper publishing uh, company. Mm -hmm. So every day in the morning, he brought five six newspapers. Okay. And I used to consume them all since I was like in my uh, f before ten. I was like seven, eight, nine, and above. Like till my late teen years. I was reading newspapers day to day. I wouldn't skip a page. Even the, uh, you know, the page where they list the people who died, the obituary, they call yes. it. I used to read it. I don't know why. <laughs> and, and I used to start out like I didn't skip anything. And I always started from the back, uh, like the main, uh, the last picture and the phew, backwards. Uh, backwards and then go to, to the front. Um, yeah, so it can be uh, it can be that, and just laugh because uh, I, I, uh, it's nice to hear that there's someone else who do, who does that. So yeah, uh, like maybe when I meet uh, Priya, her name, yeah, Priya, Priya, uh, Priya, Priya in Priya, person, Priya, maybe Priya. Uh, we can joke about that. <laughs> so back to the chapter. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think chapter one. I think that the journey we can summarize it as the journey. You know, from where to here uh, was like. Uh, Still, uh, the journey is in its early days, but it was a lengthy uh, journey. I uh, had, uh, well, I was born, of course, uh, in Lebanon, war torn country. I was born in the 80s, 85. It was, so uh, my mom actually moved and carried me from one village to the other because villages were bombarded back then. So I think that that type of stress that you get in a kid, because now I think a lot about these things. Why? Because I have a kid. And I research what yeah, type of things. Yeah. You're thinking actually back. Of know, course, clear, because now when, I, when I'm raising Kyle and the way I try to treat Kyle, I remember flashes from my childhood like, oof, but I didn't have that. And I'm glad that I'm able to give that to my son because first thing I was reading the other day was in your brain, the hippocampus they call it whatever so this the left side of the brain or something develops first and that part is the part that is more negative can mm -hmm. you imagine that so any type of trauma that you get in your years as child zero to three is engraved in your brain till till eternity 
it shapes your stress levels and everything. So that's why I try to give my son now uh, a peaceful life. I don't like drama at home. I don't, uh, whatever uh, can be avoided, like, unless if it's something, I always joke about it, like, unless something uh, very dangerous, I wouldn't, you know, make a big fuss about it. And the joke is that unless he's playing with the uh, hair dryer and it's plugged into electricity and he's pl- putting it in water, then he's fine. <laughs> 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 that's, that's, that's the level of dangers. Uh, otherwise, like uh, I don't argue. Like if he knocks on the door and he wants to stay, he wants to go out. Why should I make him cry his heart out? Because he just wants to go out. Yeah. What's What's, you what's, you never know. That? He, he yeah. can't talk. How can you judge and how can you project your thinking into a one-year-old child? It's unfair. Especially when the world is. You yeah, know, right. So that's the problem now with parenting. Opposite. Like, if you're not aware and you're not, I don't want to call it educated because it's not related to education. So to to be aware, to 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 understand and to be empathetic to others, and if you don't have that level of empathy and awareness you will end up subjecting your children to unnecessary type of trauma and that levels of stress so i look back at my journey like my my when i was young i was like of course i don't remember all of these but there must be sounds of bombs uh, stress levels my of mm. course my mother wouldn't have been in her happiest moments carrying a child f- in in those levels of stress and then afterwards we had like um, uh, years that i don't really recall and then Teenage years when I, I remember very clearly, and this is something that I think is shape, has shaped all my years to come, uh, is that level of inquisition. I was always an inquisitive child. And my dad will always tell me that I will oh, I was like harassing him with questions. Everywhere we go, I wanted to know everything. What's this banner? And he said that I used to dry his mouth from answering. <laughs> and when I became older, I was like, okay, I started questioning a lot of things, and then uh, I didn't like the norm. I didn't like the norm that. Uh, that's why I moved from my parents' place at uh, yeah. uh, at early twenties, and my first trip outside of Lebanon. So imagine the first time I took a plane yeah. was to Malaysia. So Malaysia, I, exactly. Like like okay. you're going not going to Jordan or Syria or UAE. Or mm-hmm. I went to Malaysia. It was work. And then it was like, wow, and like halfway across the planet. And then it's not like when you travel to Europe, you're in a comfort zone because we're so westernized, at least in our areas, that, okay, you will like the architecture and everything, but we eat like the, like the West, if you want. We, we, we have the same lifestyles. We celebrate the same um, uh, holidays, yes, Christmas, New Year, right? And all of that things, we don't feel. I, I, first time I went to Europe, you know, I visited so many cities in Europe. Yeah. I was like, okay, as if I'm living in Beirut, but of course it's nicer, the architecture, the scenery, the, the law. And, yes. But when I went to Asia, it's just a cultural shock. To so many dif- different things, from cuisine to, uh, to, uh, to lifestyle, to day-to-day culture, to... Uh, to holidays, yeah, if I celebrated Chinese New Year and so many things, and I'm like, oof, wow, it's a different world, so different, different, different world, world yeah. and you can't limit yourself to your own scope. And then I went back to Beirut, and uh, 
maintained my years and even uh, in in profession back then I jumped I was like I was always this agitated type of person like okay if one year in a company I don't feel growing I don't feel learning I'll jump I changed six six companies before I joined Microsoft yeah. or oh, five companies Microsoft was yeah. my number yeah. six and I always wanted to <laughs> I was as agitated and reckless and uh, so back back in Beirut actually yeah. the first time when I was in Beirut 2013 I could recall exactly the same. It was, you know, like, because um, our religion's there, it's like, you don't see that as like, as a, as a, as a Middle East count, country. It's um, a lot of from, from, from the Western, from, from Europe. Yeah, yeah. A huge touch from that, 50% yes. and another 50%. Yes, exactly. And you can see that also during Ramadan as well. Mm -hmm. During Ramadan, it's, uh, you can easily like, you know, drink. Uh, yeah, eat, it, honestly, it's, a, it's, a it's so um, it's like very familiar. When I was there, yeah. I was it was not a complete strange country. True, I can totally totally recall this on the mm. this. So I'm just gonna go quickly back yeah, to please. the to the childhood teenage age. Yeah. So you said you moved there quite frequently, uh, but you were always around Beirut or, or different parts in Lebanon. So uh, yeah, in in the early years, yeah. uh, we lived in a village. Yeah. Uh, and that village was actually, it's like I have to open the wounds of war now, but uh, uh, so the village where I was born yeah. was bombarded. Okay. So my parents fled and they went to another village and they took shelter there. And they lived in a house that's not theirs and mm -hmm. it was a settlement mm -hmm. till the war ended. And then we were, we, we, were, we went back to our village. So we lived in like from zero to three in in a village and in a house that's not ours and then uh, because when when we when my parents at least fled from our village another village was bombarded and people fled from it and then they occupied their houses that's a very yeah. typical thing that happens in war and you talk about it very lightly now but it's something very serious okay. and and very uh, very sad uh, anyway, so and then went back and went to. We lived in Beirut, so we lived in the city. Um, we used to go back to the mountains in the weekends. Till my teenage years, my parents wanted to go back uh, to the mountains, to more familiar territory among their family and the rest. And we stayed there till till the late teen, teen years. And after I graduated from university, I went back down to uh, to the city, as you want to call mm -hmm. it. And I lived there. I had uh, had a housemate. Uh, he, he was as well a mentor. So he was the guy who taught me a lot of the things. Uh, actually, I owe all of my professional career mm -hmm. to him because he was he's a bit older. And uh, he has a very funny story. The guy is a lawyer who never studied computer science who's now i think i've I, you know i've worked in a lot of companies and just still to me now he's like one of the most skilled technical people i've known and he didn't study computer science he was a self-learned self-taught uh engineer and uh he was we were in a type of a club called the rotaract which was uh, the youth of rotary clubs which is international mm -hmm. clubs there's a rotary here in, in Dubai. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and uh, when I met him, he knew that I had computer science degree in process, in progress. And he said, like, every time he had like a fish memory, every time he saw me, he asked me the same question. Did you graduate? No, not yet. Next year. Yeah. Did you graduate? Like, did you graduate? Like, man, I told you, <laughs> I still need a year. <laughs> so one day he, we were chatting back then, the days of Messenger, MSN Messengers. Yeah, they yeah. didn't have WhatsApp or long Facebook. Time ago. Yeah, yeah. Long time ago. <laughs> so MSN, 
ICQ. ICQ, yeah, ICQ. Uh, exactly. So and he was like, uh, man, when are you graduating? I told him in theme. I said, I can't wait. Do you want to really start working and do some meaningful thing in your life or you still want to go to university? I was like, okay, no, I'd, I'm interested. He said, okay, I'll pick you up. You go intern at my startup and uh, you'll do something meaningful. It's like, okay. So first time he picked me up, he just walked me through what he does and he gave me a book and he said, uh, and that book, I remember it was C-sharp fundamentals in programming. He said, this is, uh, this, this is the book that you should eat, <laughs> not memorize, eat it. <laughs> When you're done eating the book, let me know. I was like, okay, it took me like two, three weeks. And then I called him and said, okay, the book, I'm done with the book. He said, okay. Now you'll go and uh, work with me. So I started going and every day he would pick me up from home. And on the way he would tell me, this is what you need to research for oh. today. Wow. And I will go and research. When he comes back in the evening, he gives me a task. Okay. Every day, research task. And whenever I ask him for something, he will not give me the answer. He will research it in front of me. Oh, really? And he would tell me, I don't want to give you the answer. If I can find the answer, you can find the answer. Wow. He refused, yeah, he, he has, and he, he incepted this researcher in me. Yes, now, yes, I don't, yes, yes. now, if you ask me my name, I research it. I, like, I, I never sorry. take a, a, an answer for granted. Yes. So um, I started working and he gave me a project. I was working on that project and uh, in the beginning he said it's like a project that you will use to build like real skills. Now it's no more mm -hmm. reading and, uh, and memorizing. Now you go to action. So when I finished it, He said that he would give me some cut from the project, but uh, when I was done, actually, uh, although he had to finish a lot of a lot of the final tweaks because it had to be polished enough to be sold to a customer, he told me, "Okay, we're done. Go invoice the customer." So when I went, I invoiced the customer, came back, and I wanted to give him the money. He said, "No, that's all yours." So that was my first project, paid project, and the first uh, he paycheck. gave yeah, first yeah. paycheck. He gave me the full, full amount, and uh, we teamed up, and we were working together. It's learning by doing, actually. Yeah, you know, learning like by throwing doing. Throwing yourself mm -hmm. into the into material, yeah. like like you know, looking into like finance. Just do it. Yeah, Just do exactly. It. You're learning it. Yeah, yeah. And learning from the whatever yeah, you know consequences. Yeah. So it's uh, a beautiful story. And then uh, actually, it gets a bit uh, interesting if you if you allow me to continue. Yeah, I'll, I'll share that you don't yeah. know that part uh, of my life. You'll be shocked now. <laughs> so after working with uh, this guy for a year and a half, and uh, he used to pick me up. And they'll take auto stop to go to, uh, to you know what's auto stop? Uh, you stop a car, hitchhike. I used to hitchhike, hitchhike to the, I, yeah, or a bus or something. I used to hitchhike. I didn't have my own car yeah. back then. Go and work, and uh, you know, but I always had this as as project based. He had another job, so he always had the regular pay. What age were you again? Uh, I was 21. 21. Yeah. Around, okay. So uh, one day, an uh, an unfortunate event happened. I was shot. What? Gunshot. Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. there was some clashes and I happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time and somebody shot my car with, um, wow. with an M16, not M16, with AK-47. Real, real. In, in Beirut. In Beirut, yeah. 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 I can see it here. Wow. Yeah. I didn't, wow. So, okay. that, that's, that's in my liver. Yes. I have a piece, a shrapnel, in my liver. 
So anyways, okay. I was shot and uh, luckily I survived. As you can see, I'm standing in front of you now. Yeah. And my car uh, was a mess. I had like 12 bullets in my car, bullets over my head. It's like a real film. Luckily, I survived, and afterwards, when I went there, I was admitted to hospital. I didn't have insurance. I didn't have the national social security because I was not employed with yeah. a company. Yeah. And what actually waived that cost for me is that because I was shot by some political party, and the other political party took, uh, you know, took the toll of paying for my cost because because of them I got shot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I was discharged from the hospital, uh, on my discharge paper, they wrote um, uh, war casualty. War casualty. And I told the nurse back then, I was like, if I knew there was a war, I wouldn't go out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> but funny enough, so war casualty. And then I spoke to my uh, Firas back then. Is it, that's his name. Uh, to Firas, my mentor and uh, you know my first employer. And I told them, man, I can't do this. You have another job. I need a real uh, fixed income job. Yes. He said, okay, I'll help you. And then yeah. like he said, someone with your skills, he can find a job tomorrow. And he was right, actually, in a, in a week, I of found course. I found a, an employment. But the foundation from him as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I worked uh, then uh, in another company and for eight months. He traveled to Malaysia on this entrepreneurial project. Yeah. And then he pinged me again on MSN. <laughs> He said, what are you doing these days? I told him I'm working as a web developer, front-end front developer, exactly. He said, wow. look, man, whatever they're paying you now in this company, I'll pay you double. Can you come to Malaysia? I said, yeah, I need to resign. He said, can you come next week? I was like, I need a visa. I said, no, no, you don't need a visa to Malaysia. You can, can you come next week? I was like, okay. So I went to my employer and said, oh, wow. I need to quit. He said, yeah, okay, we give us a month. I said, can I leave in, in a week time? He said, okay. So in four days, I was out of the country. Wow, very spontaneous. <laughs> and I was in Malaysia. Wow. I worked in Malaysia on this project, came back to Beirut yeah. uh, to finish it. And uh, we lived, when we came back, we, we were working day and night. Yeah. We were working on this healthcare project. It was very ahead of its time, full electronic and medical mm -hmm. records and everything. And we had a team to manage in Malaysia and everything. We were working day and night. Mm -hmm. we, like every four, let's say the week is seven days, mm -hmm. we'd sleep three days. Okay. Okay, and because of this commuting, we didn't want to waste time driving to our village and coming back. We rented. Actually, we lived in the same place. The apartment was half office, half living. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, and then when we started hiring, I was like, okay, we can't live in the same place where people are coming to. Because the first yes. time we hired someone, she came to interview us. <laughs> And uh, Firas opened to her, he was in the boxer. I was like, okay, this, we cannot do this. We have to move out of this. We cannot live here. So we moved and we got yeah. a house together and we lived together for five years, housemates, as mm -hmm. housemates. And even though our uh, colleagueship ended in, in a year, because uh, like we worked in this company for two years, and then he left to start his own company and I was employed by another company. But still we managed to, to remain as housemates and, and friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, and a uh, few years, I was like, I jumped from one company to the other, and then I was working at the University of Beirut. Yeah, but and you, you did study a software engineer. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, and uh, then uh, I met someone from Microsoft, and they, on online, on Twitter, they were asking uh, if there's anyone who knows HTML5 and is willing to present. I was like... I know HTML5. And do you know why I know HTML5? Because Firas told, taught me to always research new things. All about the 
And he never accepted that I read the code that I wrote yesterday without researching new code. He said, you, you never know if there's something newer. Mm-hmm. You have to see if there's something newer. And he always adopted this mentality, like always go for the new thing. So fundamental important. Exactly. Mentality, what he teached you. Yeah. So and important. it helped me because when they asked for HTML5, maybe I was like one of the few only people exactly. who know HTML5. That was back in 2012. 12, yeah, 12, yeah. 11, 2011, late. So I went and delivered a workshop and they liked me. It was my first time standing in front of an audience. Right, right. And... Uh, But you, you knew it already, you know, you knew it already for a long, long time. You know, you're talking about uh, yeah. stuff where you know. You exactly, just, you know, like, and I felt had comfortable. had research like a couple of days ago, you know. And I liked it. You and that's how my, uh, my uh, if you want to call it, online presence became, <gasps> my public speaker skills yes. surfaced. So I started and then I was working with another uh, NGO and I joined an NGO and I was more vocal and started becoming more vocal. I was someone who was very shy. Yeah. I was so shy that I didn't even, you know, I was I would always go and be the silent guy. I didn't like to engage in, I was not vocal. And some things started slowly changing. You know, I stand in front of an audience. But it was the feedback what the audience gives you, you know, the yeah. audience appreciates mm, what exactly. you present hmm? and they see that you're talking from experience yeah. you're talking you know the real stuff yeah. and that helped me land <coughs> a job in Microsoft because no. I started in the Microsoft community I was not employed I started going to their events I was talking in their events I was becoming more credible to the technical community and I had people that know me and then by the time a job opportunity opened I was ready for it because I had the right connections I had mm-hmm. the right expertise and I had the right perception Mm-hmm. Right, it's the perception that you build, especially these days. People judge you from, from simple things, and you have to own that brand, and perception, and see it that way. So I had this brand of like this good public speaker with great technical skills, and with great communication skills. Mm-hmm. And when the the role opened as a technic technology evangelist, which fits that theme. Uh, I had better chances than others. And uh, what helped me again to have more chances is that the role opened for someone who knows Windows development. Mm-hmm. And by the time the role opened, I was finishing my book on Windows development. I was like, how, can, how, cre- how more credible can you get? Like someone who doesn't know technology even wrote a book on it. So I think you know the things right time. Exactly. They're all connected. They build, you know? they build together. Sometimes you don't see that. You don't forecast yeah. them, but they happen at the right point. Exactly. So but you have to do them. You know, I, I was reading a, a book a year ago, and I really recommend this book. It's for Chris Hadfield, the astronaut, the first Canadian astronaut who went to space uh, and did the spacewalk or whatever. His name is Chris Hadfield. The guy wrote a book uh, titled An Astronaut's Life, uh, An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth. You know, and I loved it because in his book, he said that how he prepared for his NASA position and he had zero chances of going to NASA because NASA was then only for U.S. citizens and he was a Canadian. But he did everything. He said, okay, what does it take to become an astronaut? Do I need the skill? I need to become a uh, Mm -hmm. jet fighter uh, uh, pilot. I need to be uh, with this master's degree. He did all of them. And then when the position opened, he was more ready than others. Yeah. So I think that's like an advice to anyone who wants to pursue anything in life, you know, be it entrepreneurial or other. What do you want to achieve? What does it take for you to be that type of achiever? Do them. And when the, when the chances 
or the stars align, you have you have more uh, chances than others. You're more you're prepared than others. More than and then things, then you actually own the luck. You know, there's luck, and then you need to own the luck. Mm. So you cannot just wait for luck to happen and you're not prepared. Yeah, that's my point. Uh, I think it's also it comes down to when you're when you're prepared, you're way more confident. You mm. connecting the dots easier. You know, yeah, yeah. you having the network behind you already. You knowing people already in that same field. True, true, true. So you're more or less connecting the dots in front of uh, other people who don't know the material. Yeah. So talking about the childhood, talking about the teenage age, talking about you know study years in Beirut, mm. um, where is actually the first chapter ending. The first chapter, like just the, the childhood, teenage age, and then we go into the study, and then Microsoft. So no, I think that the what is the chapter ending? The chapter ends. I think the chapter because you reach already like Microsoft actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I think the chapter ends uh, when um, when I started working, so and then the second chapter begins when I when I started that work with with with, with Firas with, with mentorship. Firas. Yeah. How would you call the first chapter? Uh, so the time before you met uh, Ferris, um, mm, you grew up in Beirut. I don't know. I want to call it. Uh, I like to think of biology terms. Can we call it pre-evolution? Pre-evolution. <laughs> and one of the next chapters is the revolution. Evolution. Part, no, exactly. <laughs> evolution. <laughs> evolution. <laughs> because that's when I started. You know, uh, the way you say it, and I like that phrase. I started connecting the dots. Yeah. You're more aware and mature to start you know, planning, uh, connecting the dots, being more, uh, in, uh, if you want, intentional about what you do. And uh, you, you, you tend to have a sense or a purpose. It comes down to, you know, with my, my work right now, when I support uh, students on teaching them how to build startups, you have to do certain steps before you do the other step, you know. Mm. Um, it's like step by step. But exactly. the dot, what dot cannot, you know, exactly. uh, be overturned. Yeah. So you need to follow a specific journey in order to to move forward. Yeah. You or, cannot overturn. Or you know what you can do? You can have a so journey pass. and then pivot it and f and f you know fix it yeah. along the way. Because I remember now, because uh, you're mentioning entrepreneurship, I started as an entrepreneur, and then I thought to myself, "Oof, I'm, I started too early as an entrepreneur. I don't, I don't know anything. I've never." I've never worked in a company. I never knew how teams work. I'm like, I can do this but you to myself at very early stage. Yeah. So I, I, I took job as yeah. uh, in, in a real company in, uh, with employees. I was like someone who's task oriented. Uh, and then I thought like, okay, I can do this as like <laughs> real, just, uh, you know, being that type of person who goes to work and they give him a task and do it. Yeah, and then I yeah. thought to myself, like, and this is where the entrepreneurship part kicked again. Now, like, even in every job I took, I was more, I was more demanding on what I needed to do. I can't go like, oh, you give me a task, I do it. I can do everything from A to Z, and I want to do everything from A to Z because that helps me shape up. I can't be that guy who like you uh, give him a task and then tomorrow another task. You know, it's just I can see the full picture. Yeah, I think when it comes to so pivot, and then came back uh, to entrepreneurship again, and then came back to uh, corporate again. Build, measure, learn. Yeah, going exactly. Back in yeah, approach. So I would say entrepreneurship, you know, it's always a question, where would you start with entrepreneurship? And we have the outcome, the objective is like building a startup. Obviously, we cannot build it when you're a teenager, you yeah. know, and most probably your first startup will always fail, you know, um, yeah. because that's, you know, you, There's so many you're not things born that you don't with all the know, exactly. exactly, and the market is changing as well over time, etc. But 
you know, certain skills in entrepreneurship can be learned from from childhood, you know, even questioning things, you know, yeah, nowadays, true. asking questions, asking for help. Uh, when you don't know something, learning the skill of researching. True. All this are like the fundamental basic when it comes to entrepreneurship. And I right now like, you know, support uh, some students. The lack of asking questions, the lack of questioning things, you know, like because everyone has an uh, opinion. When I have a specific opinion or say, okay, this idea might not, you know, applicable for this market. It's just my opinion. It might be right or wrong for others. Form your own opinion. And that's a skill itself. You of know? course, because this is the constructive criticism, they call it, right? And if you can't have this this constructive argument where you spur a debate, yeah, right? And then that debate can spur ideas. Because if everyone agrees, you will never come up with a new exactly. idea. You need yeah. to have this sort of, uh, you know this sort of going back and forth like oh, you don't agree disagree and then like somebody will open your eyes to other things and open your mind to other things so you need to have this sort of uh, and those things you need to, you will learn along the way you mm-hmm. know uh, as you as you said it, i think it comes also down to the to the teaching method you know like coaching for example mm-hmm. that's what i i emphasize a lot is like trying the other person why you know support giving me the answer and giving me the reason why and I think this is also important. Otherwise, you give, giving someone a direct a direction without that other person knowing why. Yeah, true. And that's actually important as well when it comes to coaching. True. And that's nowadays we on, always follow certain like you know big uh, things. Yeah, big people, uh, entrepreneurs, you know, out there. We just follow them. True. But we don't know why. What is the purpose of uh, for us entrepreneurship? You know, many just want to have fame. Mm. But that's not the right right approach, you know, and that's also what you personal self awareness comes in. Chapter one was pre evolution, right? Yeah. Pre evolution. Then the men. Chapter two evolution. Chapter two evolution. Coming to yeah, work part till uh, till the marriage, maybe you can call that, and then. and now I don't know what you can call this so chapter. there is uh, the part where you now is was it that the part where you started <laughs> the reflection reflection part because <laughs> where the wedding steps in and the exactly, <laughs> now it's like I look at other things like I had some things that are priority and now I, I need to have more balanced uh, way I didn't have this mindset when I was like late 20s or in mid 20s or whatever now I have different mindset I you know, and try to maintain balance. You know, who would think of balance when you're in twenties? You just want to go and party and, uh, and you know, figuring out exactly and experience and, and yeah, all kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, one colleague of you um, said from day one, Rami was an amazingly skilled colleague. He spread knowledge, positive energy, and high standards across the team from day one. And I think this is, do you remember who that was? I think that was it's my not, manager uh, in AUB, Rami Farran. Exactly. It's not a, a colleague, sorry. It's a, yeah, it's like from the from the. Yeah, from it was the a colleague. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. when he started with we colleagues. How do you came. know that? How do you remember that so well? Uh, <laughs> I remember uh, when, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know, it's stuck in my head maybe because, because I don't know, the messaging and the yeah. he shared candid feedback with me and I really like this guy. He was one of the when, when best I people came, I worked for. When I came across this is, you know, when, when he said like from day one, you spread positive energy <coughs> and this high standards 
across the team. You know, high standards versus positive energy, positive mm. belief, which mm. you actually spread. And I can sense that as well, that when it comes to entrepreneurship, it's not just about building your idea. It comes actually down to encouraging your team members mm. To give, energize. Not just energize, giving yeah. them the, an environment that they grow. There's energy and there's energize and exactly. you need to radiate energy to be able. You know that uh, something called uh, leading without authority, like uh, influencing without authority. That's the same thing. Like how can you influence other people to do better job and to give their best when you're not their manager? Is it even if you're their manager, you, you want to do it out of fear or you want to do it out of positive energy? And being able to radiate that energy and being that uh, catalyst, you mm -hmm. know, in work, it, I think uh, it was innate in me because I'm someone who's like, I like, I like to laugh, I like to enjoy things I do. I like, I'm sarcastic by nature. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I try to picture a funny uh, incident in everything. You know, and sometimes actually my wife makes jokes out of me because she sees me last laughing out of nothing. Said, "Did you just think of something that's awkward?" And <laughs> I was like, "Yes," and it's so funny in my head that it didn't even want to share it with her because it might be so. I like that, and I hope I'll always be in in that uh, mindset because seriously, it's just this positive energy just radiating. Uh, it feeds back into you. If people are happy around you, you're happy. It feeds back and then you become more positive, mm. more happy. And I'm glad I was able, and I really like his candid feedback. And uh, and we had a lot of conversations when we were working together back then. And even Rami was the type of person that you can just open to him, you know. And even I just recall this, uh, this story you know, who would tell this to his manager? But I actually told Rami back then that, uh, look, man, I can't give more. I can't give more. I'm just tired. Mm. He said, and you don't hear that from a manager. He said, give me four hours of productivity per day. And I, that's more than enough. My point? And he, he knew that, okay, there are some things the guy is not well and he's mm. not comfortable to give his best yeah give me for he was you know realistic enough and sincere enough to just f he four hours of oof, wow that got my point he didn't yeah. push it himself like, oh, you need to work day and night he knew that okay if this guy can give four hours that he would be equivalent you, to eight hours he gave you the environment you know yeah, where exactly. you become so it's nice to for. to work in that candid environment and yeah. have that positive energy so this positive energy how much do you um just currently talking about Microsoft, your current work. Mm. Uh, how much, how important for you is positive energy in your current work environment? So maybe you can tell a little bit more about what you're currently doing and at Microsoft. So now, um, how yeah. important that is that positive mindset? <coughs> a positive mindset is, I think, applicable to any situation that uh, that you face in life, right? And uh, it should be a day-to-day -day mantra. Mm -hmm. I think you should lead by that mindset. And then, uh, as you know, we're living uh, a life that's more authentic. We don't have third party yeah. at home. We don't have help and nannies and stuff. So that's why we but talking get about offload that. Actually, talking about positive energy, what I'm just thinking about, you know, even Kyle, uh, your child, any, any kid is giving you so much energy back. It's yeah, not positive energy. And I think this is what you can relate to as well uh, at work, which you... You charge your batteries as well. 
yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. Uh, the recovery time in, in running, right? So yeah. uh, this is a recurrent fuel to whatever you do. And yeah. now I work in uh, with with Microsoft. Uh, it's just uh, overwhelming compared to any other job that I had. Of course, the size, the sheer size, and the and the impact that you do. And uh, I, I had a role in the past four years when I was a technical evangelist and even the title was very funny that people always just asked about oh evangelist what does what do you do yeah <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I, it was interesting and I, I was working with different audiences and I was working with students with startups with uh, professional developers where I interface with customers of all sizes one day you're wearing a suit talking to a CTO of a large enterprise and then you know in the evening you're having a community developer meetup and you're wearing a t-shirt that says geek or yeah. AI or whatever so uh, that mix was really uh, really interesting and I love that uh, and uh, gave me uh, gave me the pleasure of doing things I enjoy, you know, uh, going to events and speaking and mentoring, and I, I, I love that part of my role. And now I do something similar, but I'm more focused on one audience. Actually, my work is now more partner focused, so uh, I uh, I enable partners uh, to to become you know better in, in the technology that they that yeah. we serve. Uh, so, and along that way, in anything that I do on a day-to-day basis, I try to put that positive energy in, into mind, and it drives me. Now, I think as well, it ebbs back uh, into the way I function at home and at work. You know, uh, it has to be as well a balanced member that chair, uh, the four-leg chair. And so, if you want to look at work uh, as profession, one side mm. of it, right? So, if that uh, leg is not strong enough it will feel weak even if you remove it I'm saying even if you're working and that leg, leg is not strong enough it will it will feel if you're limping right and same thing if that leg in family is not strong enough you will feel limping somewhere else so if you don't have a positive life at home you will go to work stressed you will not give you 100% and if you're stressed a lot at work You'll back. You'll be back home, and you will not give your family the what they deserve out of you. The positive view. Nobody deserves to come back home and be nagged on of course and not, having yeah. stress or whatever. Everyone is having his own stress. You think that when you come back home, that my when you need that sort of empathy, and I think they both feed into each other. I try to have a positive. Uh, atmosphere at yeah. home with my son and with my wife and then uh, that ebbs back when I go to work I'm refreshed but I can see the I go with a joke in the morning I don't go with a grumpy face let me yeah. have my coffee and then we talk no yeah. I go like with the first joke that comes into mind but I cannot see that from this Kyle for example you know the positiveness you know this always not just exploring part but also always this positive mind yeah this positive like explore a face a smile in the face it's, it's amazing no <laughs> thank you um, the, the, the way you raise so he's singing now (laughs) when (laughs) singing part when we when we say about the reflection chapter three is reflection is that your current work microsoft is that included as well well it's it's everything right so the reflection is is uh, is on your life got my point because 
uh, getting married is, is one step. Although, for example, when we got married, you know, some people say that's a major milestone and then life changed. I, we keep joking about it, my Elisar and myself. is like we lived the first, maybe even to the first year and a half of our marriage till we, uh, till we even two years till we got Kyle. Uh, we were uh, still as if we were dating, but we are married. <laughs> yeah. We didn't feel that if next uh, big move, because some people's position marriage is like if a major change and uh, a new milestone. To us, it's like, okay, we celebrated our, uh, you know, our relationship into the next milestone, but we still like, okay, nothing really changed. And then the big change one was when we had the child. That's like, if then the the innate parent in you surfaces yeah. like you never no one taught me how to raise a child uh, especially in in where i was so you see people who were uh, you know uh, who got the experience by second experience if you want they saw a child being raised you know their nephew their cousin i ha- i never interfaced with a child before I never actually saw a child, you know, till he's like three or four. Yes. So everything to me was uh, was new. That's why I tried to give it more effort in terms of learning what's what is needed, what is required. So I did a lot of reading, and I uh, try to drive it, as I told you, in more intentional ways. Like I try to understand what does my son need. I try to give him the best atmosphere at home. Try to be, and I mentioned this earlier to you. This. Uh, no drama yes uh, no drama parenting they call it it's like i like to adopt that and i try to abide by it as much as i can <laughs> but you will always get to the point where your nerves break but at a certain <laughs> point i try to adopt it as much as i can it's like no dr- yeah. little drama or no drama yeah yes papi yeah. <laughs> so and actually it helps you know you've, you've seen kyle firsthand you've yeah. uh, you're a stranger to him and first time he saw you just he laughed and he pointed and he wanted he to know right? he exactly. he's, he's fearless yeah. he goes and jumps into the pool he always gives me a heart attack <laughs> but he goes and runs and because i try to incept this fearless and not just myself you know my wife has the, the largest contribution because she's spending the big chunk of the day with him and we're on this and it's very good and it's very healthy to be on the same mindset with with your partner and spouse because you don't want to have that conflict at home so uh, she thinks along the same lines and she's pushing him always to be that brave you know just feels he jumps or whatever and we try to have him learn if he doesn't fall he will not learn how to properly pick himself up and how to avoid the next fall yeah. so i don't mind and my other parents i see them like first time i took kyle with me to a group gathering with friends and i had him and they were all eating from forks and knives real forks and knives i didn't ask for plastic i just got him the real fork uh-huh. and another parent with me was like no but uh, he will i was like no he will poke himself a bit i'm i'm supervising him i'm not yeah. gonna leave him yeah you know you part of giving him something safe is part of being lazy my point protect him I just in a way that got my point he's not exploring it by himself. so let him yeah. explore the first few times and he will touch it all and he was he really impressed her to a point of like she was surprised that like he was using a real fork and he was less than a years old yeah to capture something, put it in his mouth, and uh, other kids, you will see them carrying a plastic uh, spoon and plastic knife till like till two or three. But why? 
And like, that's not or that's not organic. You know, yeah, yeah. when our ancestors when lived in caves, did yeah, they have the luxury have of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the kid yeah. needs to our protecting them. Exactly. And, and the kid needs to learn the, and then he went so many times uh, I ran after him like crazy to make sure he doesn't jump off the slide and it's just by iteration. Kyle, sit down, wait, sit down, wait. And now he goes and he he checks. He checks if it's too high, if it's too dangerous, and then he sits and slides. You know? He's, I didn't he's have to say no and scare him and whatever. And yeah. Even with animals. It's okay, puppy. Touch gently. Look at me touching. And now he goes and hugs big dogs as scary as they he can get. He knows that you're around. Or, you know. Yeah, he has that confidence and that That's helps him. And uh, you know why? Uh, I think I was telling you this when we were having uh, coffee the other day. Uh, is that... Lev- this level of confidence is because he's not stressed. Yeah. Yes. So kids, yeah. they actually get stressed, and when that stress is dominant, they lose confidence because they're scared. But if he's not stressed, but and you're giving him a stress-free environment, he's confident that you will come back. He's yes. confident you're protecting him. He will not uh, make a tantrum and cry his heart out because his mother left. Mm-hmm. Now every day, we switch cars. After work, I meet Elisar at the yoga. Uh, Kyle comes with the car. Ma, his mom will, will leave and will say, uh, see you soon. And uh, she would leave. And then he would ask me, Mama, I say, she went to yoga. She'll be back. He won't cry. won't do any tantrums. He would just ask again because he always wants to know. Uh, yeah. uh, and Kyle is like always repetitive. Yeah. <laughs> Mama. Yoga, mama yoga, and then, okay, papa, I was like, mama, Kyle and papa going home. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Uh, even when I leave in the morning, I'll kiss him. I, I don't sneak out yeah. and give him, like, he will lose me and start crying. No, no, I'll kiss him and say, I'm going, I'll be back, I'll see you soon. And I always say the same word, see you soon. And then when he's back, I, yeah, you bumped your head here. Yes, papa, you bumped your head. You look, <laughs> so he's pointing to where he bumped his head. Yeah. And that's it, okay? And I think, you know, just, you, maybe it's genetic. I mean, I don't know, maybe some things that mm. are beyond me now, and it's maybe genetic. But honestly, I don't like to brag, but I don't want to not give the credit to parenting because I think it's monumental. There's, there are some genes, maybe there are kids who are happier mm. than other kids. But if you give the right effort for a kid, you know, yeah, I, I is, can yeah. cut my point. I yeah. just think always of the effort that my wife gives. Yeah. You can just give your kid the TV all day and then of you course. will. Course, my yeah. wife is the type of person who would sit with him and recite like 100 books. Mm. It takes effort. And it helps. Get my point is just uh, you. He sees that you're, the kid sees that you're involved, you're giving mm. your... He knows that you're always there, loving, protecting, loving, protecting. Correct, and yeah. if we, we read it, actually, we not uh, read it, we saw it in a very nice documentary. I think it's called Life or something mm-hmm. on Netflix. And it uh, walks through s- uh, statements and research and, uh, and life testimonials from people. And the messaging is always dominant. It's like zero to three. It's like whenever what you plant, you know, they mm-hmm. always tell you what, what you seed is what you harvest. Mm-hmm. Zero to three is what you seed with kids. If you seed positive, yeah. stress-free environment, love, protection, play, playfulness, playfulness, happy, 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 yeah. 
you set them up for success for the rest the of his life. Kids actually reflecting that as well. They, you know, observing the environment, they see what the parents how they're reacting to it. Yeah. If you're always they, smiling, you're always course, happy. You think he's gonna refl- he's yeah. gonna mirror you. Yeah. But if you're gonna look with a grumpy face and try to scare him, like exactly. Yeah. And this is like yeah. This is like this is itself is. Um, so this is the reflection. Got my point mm. when you're talking about the third chapter and reflection. Mm. I think it's reflection, and maybe the the last part would be the conclusion because when I because I reflect on these things that I did not know. Mm. I get my point, and when you get kid, you open your eyes to things that you will never think of, even parenting. Now I take my parents with much more gratitude than I did before. Because mm. you and I, you know, when we had Kyle for the first year or even less, I kept telling my wife that every parent should film his kid in the first year, full film. And then when he grows up, he should show him that film so that he knows what did his parents had to go through yes. uh, to bring him up. Because you never appreciate you're forgetting what you this, actually. Because you forget you, you all the know. nights that they had to wake up. And, other, and then you take it for granted. Because that's why, to me, is reflection. Now to reflection on, on life and then reflection at work. Now at work, I think of, okay, I want to do my work to the best. But still, I want to have a work-life balance, and I want to have. I was before that. I was a work addict. You know, someone who would work and then after work go write a book till two, three a.m. in the morning, mm. and then wake up and then go to work. But now I tend to see things in more a balanced way. Uh, give and take. Give your tell. give your best to work. Give your best to home. Give your best to life. Give your best to health, and they will all give you harmony. And it gives you this back as well. Yeah, it gives you back. If you're healthy, you don't have high levels of sugar and high levels of whatever blood pressure. It helps you. Your brain is fine. You're feeding your brain. You're feeding your brain with activities. You're having, you know, uh, meaningful things in life. True. So, Rami, going back to the the title of Mm. the book... It's a nice uh, background music from Kyle. Yeah, currently. Exactly. Um, going back, you know, we had these three chapters. Yeah. Going back and the very end, the, the reflection part. We had reflection, we had evolution, we had... Uh, pre-evolution. Pre-evolution. <laughs> what is the title? The title, the cover is about someone who's wearing a suit mm. um, with glasses, is running. Mm. What can what be is the, the title? It's very intriguing. Trying to think of something that can summarize, but still at the same time keep an outlook. Because yes. it's just three chapters out of a lengthy book. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only wish. Uh, and uh, what can it be? I don't know. If something crosses your mind, you can help me coin a term, but I'm trying to think out loud now. It can be... Uh, I found it very interesting. When you I don't know what are the main themes that you can. The reflection. S- so there's okay. There's reflection. There's learning. Reflection, learning. What you stand for, the beliefs, the values, um, values the, right. the happiness. The you know that's where people remember you. You know when I, I like you can call it the. I don't know because I the, the pursuit <laughs> is is a very consumed word in books, but you can call it maybe the pursuit of balance. That be fine. Okay, that's because eventually, summer, yeah. you know, because now you, you, I'm, I look at the picture, right? Remember the picture we drew with the four legs and share, and it was all about balance and mutual support and the rest of these things. So you can 
It's just eventually I'm trying to get to that balance to a certain point. And so even if one, if it's not balanced, then uh, you reflect yeah, to it. Yeah. Exactly. See what you adjust to. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's why it's a pursuit, you. right? So you're trying to achieve it. Exactly. It doesn't work. You're trying to pivot and fix it. Exactly. And then you try to learn from what you have, and then it's balance. Yeah. Nice. And then Kyle can sit on the chair. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have to keep those four legs so that Kyle can sit on the chair, right? <laughs> But Kyle wants it a little bit imbalanced. So exactly. He wants it like this rocking bit. chair that exactly. we have here at home. This is how <laughs> he's now rocking it. Because if it's everything, it's everything is balanced. Yeah. Life is also boring. Uh, yeah, point, of course. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's why uh, it's uh, you can add to it this uh, rocking uh, chair effect yeah. because you have to sway back forth and then find yourself that you're sewing too ba- too much forwards and then you have to f- let me adjust backwards. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, last, I have a last question, um, you know, in, in every You can think book. of this, sorry, the yeah. bef- just so that I don't lose track of thoughts. So, think of this chair <laughs> on, uh, on a yoga mat floating on water. Okay. <laughs> it should be the that, cover, actually. Okay. So, that chair floating on, uh, maybe not a yoga mat, it's very thin, a swimming board. And that's floating on water. That should be fine because you wanted that rocking chair effect. And that should be fine. So this is, you know, as if you're in a circus now. You're trying to balance. And far away you see the island where you see still land. Exactly. You're not like in water all the time. Mm-hmm. So in every book you have also like a copyright section, you know, where you should not copy certain things for certain purposes. Are there certain areas where you say, don't copy this. Don't, don't follow this, what I did in the past. Don't make the same mistake. Uh, I don't. I don't like this uh, type of well, advice. Copy please everything. You know, usually, you can also the other uh, way around. It's very unique. Every journey is unique. You know, mm. as I told you, remember this, when we were discussing earlier, like every choice that you make eventually leads you to a different path. So, anyone who say like, what are the things that could have done? Well, man, if if you didn't do all of that, you wouldn't have led you to this road. Exactly. So if you think that oh, if I didn't do this, but you never know what are the consequences, right? So uh, if I didn't take this job to compare to this job or they didn't meet this person compared to this other person all of their life would be different exactly. so that's why i always say that if you want to go back and uh, maybe yeah the only thing was like okay i could have i could have avoided that day when when i went to that uh, drive and then eventually got shot out of it i could have stayed home <laughs> that that's the only thing i was like i was saying yeah, okay maybe i can change up, yeah um, i ended up being shot so uh, the rest is uh, and it should apply to anyone when uh, Look at, think of the kid now, you were telling me uh, now that the kid falls, he learns. And if you want to rob him from all those falls, he will not learn how to pick himself yeah. up and how to land softly okay. and how to protect himself. From, uh, same thing to anything else. Project that inner child to the rest of your life because you're always going to be in that learning and de-learning mode. And that's what they call now this very famous word, growth mindset. <laughs> I heard this it's, all the time. It's uh, over-consumed word. everywhere. Uh, but what word does it mean? Uh, you know, people don't, you know, yeah. use that wording and it's so yeah. often people use the wording. It's like, and now means. AI. <laughs> and you, you, you know what? Uh, it's the latest trend. You know, the what is the it? trend of AI. And now when I talk about AI, because sometimes I go and deliver talks around it. Uh, I'll share with you the example I give. And maybe if you want, we can conclude with that. So the example I give in AI, because they always think of machine learning, and I now have the kid and try to relate a lot of things in my life to to Kyle. So I give them the example of my son. I tell them, I have a kid 
and he's now a year and a half. He keeps asking the same thing every day, and he keeps trying to say the same word every day for months. And mm. let's say when he tries to walk even, he keeps doing the same move day, 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 and he's capturing all this information. That's machine learning. Yes. So that... that, that learning from the... Exactly, from, from historical operator. data, right? So he gets all that data day yes. in and day out. He tries to find his patterns, yes. and from the patterns it becomes uh, an algorithm, and that algorithm becomes a process that he does. So the... You, so if he didn't have all that information from those iterations that he's doing every day, he will not be able to formulate how he will stand properly and how we will pronounce that word. Correct. And that's, that's AI. And I always tell them that AI is, the, the mind of a child is, is AI, machine learning. Yeah. Because uh, eventually, what all those patterns are formulating, they will become uh, actions. And yes. those actions, they will become uh, automated. <laughs> That's what AI does, right? It learns from patterns, and uh, from historical data, it forms patterns, and that data has to be a lot. If you tell the child once or twice or three, four times one thing, he will not get it. That's why he needs it over ye a year or two. <laughs> so imagine if you mm. want to translate all this information that the child is now digesting into data, it will be petabytes of data. Yes. That's why you need big data. And that big data, he will find patterns from his brain, which is the algorithm that's working. And that, when that uh, pattern is formulated and is validated and is true in his head, he knows that if I stand this way, I will not fall because he tested it. He fell a lot of times mm. and then he agreed that this is the best algorithm. And that algorithm becomes an action and then becomes automated. And a routine. And then also a routine. routine. And you, it you becomes actually, automated, yeah. just de fact. Yeah. Right? So he will start and every day he will walk and run the same way so in because now it's just uh, in his head uh, there's a lot yeah. of entrepreneurship in parenthood as well <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly. a summary. yeah exactly. beautiful rami we almost reached the end of the of the podcast yeah thank you so much well, for your time you. thank you it was a lovely discussion learned a lot about you actually stories that i haven't heard before yeah And thanks to Kyle as well for the background music. Exactly. Thanks, he's, he's, that he's the kind of the producer. And he's <laughs> giving you I think this is the beauty of this, you know. I, um, I really like that, you know, it's a natural environment, you know. Ideally, of course, you know, we have a quiet room, but this is life. This yeah, is where exactly. you are and this is where you uh, live and this is the place yeah. to be. Rami, thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, it was a lovely discussion and thank you for uh, that thought process that you led through and it's nice to conclude with, with the title for the book Yeah. and hopefully those uh, dots that you're collecting now can uh, can be connected with other dots from other people. You never know now when you mentioned your, the story of uh, Praya. Praya, Prakash. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then see, I that's a you, dot that you... Contact details. <laughs> that, that's a dot that you can relate to other people. So, uh, and uh, best of luck with the future podcast that you have. Looking forward to hear this uh, on your channel. Looking and, forward to uh, publishing. That's uh, it. Also, in the future, you know, and this is the beauty of this podcast. I want to follow up with people, you know, what is the next chapter, you yeah. know, what is like the Maybe the we next can convene in a few years and then we'll see, uh, this is what we had in the last three chapters, what are you, uh, what are you writing now? <laughs> one, one of the interviewees we had like two months ago, you know, six weeks ago, five weeks ago, roughly, you know, he's just starting a complete new chapter. He didn't know that five weeks ago. And actually... That had to be captured again as oh, well. Oh, wow. That's so cool. there's actually a new chapter as well. You know, yeah. you don't know how often these new chapters come. Of over course. Time. Yeah. Rami, thank cool. you. Thanks. Thank you so much. Yeah. Over and out. Here we go. Thank Bye. you. 
So this is Rami. Honestly, I was speechless when he shared his story of the accident in Beirut where he got shot in the car and luckily survived. Life can end at any time, but living with gratitude, as he says, is something we all can learn from him. You can learn more or can find more about Rami on his website at www.ramisays.com or on his LinkedIn profile. Direct links in the show notes. So please leave some comments. What do you like most from this podcast? Which chapters of other entrepreneurs, athletes, innovators, idealists, changemakers do you want to hear in the future? Leave some comments or drop me in a message on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at by Daniel Ludwig. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Just never give up. Always look up.